0: Stay calm. Don't panic. You got this.
1: Hey guys, this is Carly Duke, and I am sitting here with Chris Roby, and we are so excited to welcome you back to the Stay Calm, Don't Panic podcast. So today we're excited to bring back one of our another another one of our experts, um, who we actually did season one.
2: Season. Great question, I should know that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But we are sitting down um, with Dr. David Fraze today.
2: Fraze. He's back. He's
1: back again.
2: Yeah, he is such a popular guest on our show. Um, Fraze is a very meaningful person in the life of teen life, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of our original board and uh, a huge encourager, great supporter of what we do, uh, and a great thinker when it comes to teenagers.
1: Right. And so we're excited to get his perspective today on teenagers and disappointment and how we as adults can help them through that as well. And so he's someone that has worked with teenagers for so many years Mm -hmm. and brings so much valuable knowledge. Um, Now he's working with athletes specifically as Mm -hmm. well um, through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so we're excited to have him as a guest um, and just to learn from his expertise and what he has to offer on this subject.
2: Our week six of our curriculum is what we're going to be covering today, where we, uh, we spend a little bit of time talking about life in the big picture. Uh, we zoom out a little bit, you know, a lot of our lessons in our weeks, we talk about kind of specific things like stress and finding resources and relationships. But this one, uh, we spend talking, time talking about the past a little bit and the future um, a little bit more specifically to what, uh, I guess, what triumphs and what disappointments have we had in our lives. Mm-hmm. So you could call it ups and downs if you want to, um, but we, we do focus on those down moments, um and you know what how do the down moments in our lives contribute to who we are and you know and and Carly, you know by doing these groups, and we'll talk about this a little bit in the outro, but um when when students start talking about what they've been through, it's kind of overwhelming to hear
0: mm-hmm. like they've
2: been through some stuff, yeah, they have <laughs> yeah, and so, but they survived, they got through it somehow, and so uh, we're going to talk about what does it take to get through difficulties today, and what does it mean um to not give up and to see difficulties and challenges and uh, really really more specifically disappointments, um, how those could really make us a lot better.
1: Exactly. So we hope you enjoy this interview um, and catch us after for um, some more feedback from Chris and I. Hey,
2: everyone. This is Chris. I'm here with uh, Dr. David Fraze. Welcome back. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we interviewed you, seemed like five years ago, but it was just really about a year ago, I think. Um, Time flies when we're having fun. It does.
3: It does. And we're in a much better room than last time, because
2: last time the lights kept
3: turning off on us, which I thought was was kind of an omen, but... It is kind of weird, though. There's light. There's a lot of windows, so it's not like you have very much faith that the lights will not we, go out. We went completely the other way on rituals. <laughs> I'm glad it's radio, because my complexion really looks bad in this light, but you, I'm all you, right with you that. You
2: look fantastic. You're fine. I have so, a radio face. Yeah,
3: <laughs> right. So, phrase uh, we're talking about
2: uh, disappointment today, uh, and about how disappointment is a, a part of life, and as we work with teenagers, a big part of that work is helping them deal with the the. The the downturns. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, So disappointment is a part of life, but why do you think adults, um, especially parents, treat disappointment like a bad thing?
3: Well, it's one of my hot buttons because uh, I I do believe there's way too many parents that are plowing the road in front of their kids. In other words, they are being sure that every opportunity, every advantage their kids get, that uh, they're going to they're going to call the schools. They're going to talk to the coaches. They're going to talk to the the select teams. They're going to put their kids in this great position so they can succeed. And it sounds great when you say it like that. The mm-hmm. problem is success comes at a cost. It's the grind of the effort. And we have kids coming out of high school, going into college. And I will say this, even in college, parents try to get involved. So they come out of college and they do not have the skills to face adversity and to overcome adversity, they do not have those life skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because what sounds so good to us as adults, we're really handicapping our kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know this like in strength training or speed training, if you look at it just from the physical aspect, if a kid wants to get stronger, he's pushed to the limit and then he's pushed a little bit more. The muscles break down. He rests. He rests. And then he goes after it again. And mm-hmm. the more grind, the more success and disappointment they push through, the stronger and the more um, faster they get physically. Same principle holds away, uh, holds true emotionally, that if a kid is not able to face emotional um, disappointment, that, hey, I, I didn't win this, or I got a B, or <clears throat> I failed a class, then they're not going to be able to learn how to get back up And do what it takes to learn from their mistakes and become successful. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I'm saying all that to say this, parents do not like, and they take it very personal if their kids fail. Hmm. Um, I think there's too many adults that attach their identity to the success or the failure of their kids. Hmm. Um, And that, that can be a big problem. So it's not just about coming in and
2: saving them after they failed, but also you talked about plowing ahead of them. Yeah.
3: Like, like we're going to set you up for as much success as possible. And the parents, I'm telling you what, if they think that their kids won't be a superstar on one team, and I see this a lot with my work with uh, local uh, athletic teams, they will move to another town so their kids can have the best opportunity. And Mm -hmm. in one way, again, that sounds great. Uh, But, You know, think about the statistics still out of all high school athletics, girls, guys, private school, public school, large school, small school. Less than, I think, right now, 3.3 to 3.5 percent of those kids all over America will make it to the college level. That hasn't changed since we were kids. Hmm. But parents have this idea that if my kid's in the right place, then a scout's going to see them and then they're going to be able to go to the next level. But the fact of the matter is, and coaches talk about this all the time, no matter where you are, if your kid is eligible to go to the next level, they'll be found Mm because coaches talk. Um, The same thing that has to do with academics. You know, they go crazy thinking, well, my kid has to have this They got to take AB classes and they got to have all this college credit. But again, the fact of the matter is, um, a lot of times colleges, even though the kids come in with a lot of uh, dual credit classes, they still may spend four years at college Mm -hmm. because depending on the school, some schools say, I'm glad you had English that's college when you're in high school, but we still want you to take our English class. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that that's not good for a kid. Uh, but sometimes we totally out. We just totally overemphasize successes in high school and thinking if they're not successful, it's going to handicap them for life. And that's just not true. Right. So we, we know we don't like the pain and
2: we don't mm-hmm. like to see our kids go through it. Um, we don't like to go through it ourselves, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are some of the benefits of facing and journeying through
3: these disappointments? Like we said before, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. If, um, Especially in in high school and below, and I had someone tell me this this morning, it's best that our kids learn how to face and overcome disappointments when they're in our home than when they're away from us. Hmm. And uh, go back to the illustration of walking. When a kid walked for the first time, they took two steps and they fell in their face. We didn't pick up our kid and say, well, I'm going to carry you around now because you've fallen. Because if they don't learn how to walk and fall right, they'll never learn how to walk and run a journey through life. The same concepts true of disappointments academically, sports, emotionally, that we, you know, when they face disappointments, we have to help them come alongside them and say, okay, what are we going to do now? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what can you learn from this? What can we help you with so you can face this adversity? And, uh, I, we, we just handicap our kids if we don't have those conversations. If we keep our kids from being hurt. That's not realistic. We know this as adults. Eventually, they're going to be away from us and get hurt by something. Mm -hmm. And we need to keep that in mind that are they learning how to face disappointment and hurt? And if we don't do that right now, they're going to be away from us and they're going to face disappointments and they may not have the support that they have right now in our homes. Mm -hmm. So what
2: are a
3: few specific ways adults can help students face
2: uh, disappointment through their journey? I mean, just
3: like, Okay. The first and foremost thing, let your kids fail. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not the worst thing. I know this from personal experience, so hopefully my son and daughter will never listen to this. We're those parents that when our kids start failing a class and we get those alerts from the school district, we go to our son and say, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And we immediately respond to teachers like, hey, we need to talk about this. Your son's failing. And we're those parents that email the teachers and say, Our son is getting what he needs and what he deserves. He's going to earn this grade. If there's anything we can do to help you, we will. Mm -hmm. But we're committed that if our son or daughter needs to fail, let him fail. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of teachers that kind of respond like, are you serious? You're actually supporting us? Or like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, don't go out of your way if our son is going to get what he earns Mm -hmm. and our daughter is going to get what they earn. And you know what? They they learn hard lessons. Mm-hmm. And so when they fail a class, and we take a phone away, and there's punishments, it is very clear. Even though they may not like it, you earned this, mm-hmm. and you have the ability to do better. And I think they learn life lessons. So allow them to fail. Mm-hmm. One, two. Don't save them from situations that are going to be difficult. Um. It, it and. Yeah, there's extreme situations where the athletic team or the school, there's things that as an adult, you got to think about rationally and think, okay, this is not a very good situation and we need to take our kid out of it. Mm -hmm. But just because your kid is uncomfortable, just because your kid's being challenged, just because your kid is not having the success you believe that they need to have, really slow your roll up some. Let, Mm -hmm. you know, really try to figure out is this something your kid needs to learn? Is this because, and this is hard to, you know, um, believe for some people, whether it's especially in athletics, you may think your kid's the next Peyton Manning, but the fact of the matter is, you may need to slow your roll down a little bit and actually watch your kid play Mm -hmm. and realize they may not be the next Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're getting what they deserve. Maybe they're a bad practice player. Maybe they are not a good uh, quarterback and need to be moved positions, whatever it is slow your roll a little bit and don't remove your kid from a potential obstacle until you know, as an adult, this is really something that is going to be detrimental. And I know that's a subjective deal. So I would encourage you this third thing. If you, if you believe or you're, you're facing a decision of, should I remove my kid from a situation or is this obstacle too big? Bring another parent in you trust and ask them Mm -hmm. and listen to their advice. Um, I had a parent today that texted me and said, Hey, I know you're meeting with your with my kid. Can you remind him to pick up something from the store? And immediately I texted back to him and said, Have you already reminded your kid to get this? And <laughs> long return finally, Yes, I have. And I'm like, All right. And I just left it at that. <laughs> um, and the kid's 17 years old. And the fact of the matter is, if you have to remind your kid more than once something when they're seventeen, you may want to let them fail, because mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to remind them forever mm-hmm. what's going on. And the mother, in her concern, was actually causing future damage to her son. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the way another parent can kind of go around and talk to that parent and say, "Hey, I need to tell you something. This is not going to end up very well." I think as a parent too, I I know I've got little kids, uh, and I, there are times where
2: I I I think through the mess that's going to follow when my kid's disappointed, like, like my, like my three-year-old's going to scream and cry for a really long time. Yeah. And I don't want to like, that's, I don't want to deal with that. No, you know? we don't. Yeah. And so, so I think as parents, it's like, like, it's not even necessarily sometimes about our kids. So it's selfish. Like, I don't I don't want to deal with that mess. Love It'd it, be yes. easier just to step
3: in and, and, and yeah. do you know I mean, is that, is that a play too? Oh, it is. And you know, I talk about our, we find our identity and thank you for bringing that up. So it is important. Um, Sometimes we find our identity as parents in the success or failure of our kids, but also we just don't want to put up with their crap. Can mm-hmm. I say that on TV? You, did. you did. Okay. Yeah. I just said that. <laughs> uh, it, it, And I'll just say this. Whoever said being a parent was fun? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just got to throw that out there. If you're a good parent, it's not going to be fun all the time because your job is to raise your kids to leave your home so you're raising them and this is the grief part of being a parent is every year and you know poor carly's about to have a child so she'll understand that she's going to fall in love with this child and realize every year every okay they go to school then they go to middle school and high school every year is an advancing towards that kid leaving the home sorry carly that's going to make you really sad but you fall in love with this kid and you want to keep them around forever, but you realize if that happens, you have not done your job as a parent. So, our job as a parent is to launch them. Mm-hmm. So, we have this grief, Chris, and you're right that I want my kid to like me. I, you know, when I'm old, I'd like for them to come and visit me. I don't want to die alone. Mm-hmm. It's weird how our minds go strange, right. but the closer, the more you hold on to that kid emotionally and spiritually and physically and say, okay, I have to give you everything you need. It's kind of like a mama bird that always chews up the food and throws it down her baby's mouth. Eventually that baby bird needs to learn how to hunt for itself. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a very emotional thing for us. And it's tiring because if I discipline my kid and they receive disappointment, then they're going to be upset and they're going to be all mad around the house and it may ruin my weekend. Well, welcome to being a parent. Mm -hmm. And that's... That's the hard part. Your job is to make them holy. Your job is to make them capable. Your job is to help them find out what their abilities are, to make them capable so they can be full, involved citizens of the world. And you can't get there without the grind. You cannot be there without going through disappointment. You cannot be there without understanding that sometimes you'll lose at something. So if as a parent, I don't allow them to experience failure because either I think I'm a bad parent if I do, or I don't want to put up with their disappointment and I'll be so sad. You're actually handicapping your kid. Hmm. You you know, I see it all the time in college that kids come to college and as a professor, they're sitting in a classroom and they do not know how to get up, do their assignments. And it's still amazing. I mean, I've been a professor for a long time now, but I will get phone calls from moms and dads or grandparents saying, well, how's my kid doing? I'm like going, I can't tell you. I gave him a syllabus. It's on them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> They're like, but Dave, we know you. And I'm like, no, this is against the law. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> this kid is under contract with me under the syllabus. They're going to have to do this. Um, and I'm telling you, as a parent and having two live uncaged teenagers in my home, it is hard when they come home and they're disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's hard when they don't make the team they want. It's hard when their friends disappoint. Them. It's hard when they don't have success. It's hard when that happens and your heart hurts. Mm-hmm. But you have to be committed and understand for the long haul, if they don't go through this, they will not be fully functional adults. And you got to keep that in mind because it certainly isn't fun. Mm -hmm.
2: So Carly, as a parent, this one hit me hard. Hmm. <laughs> um, as a parent to be, I'm sure there's a lot of mental notes you were you were taking as well. Yes, yeah,
1: definitely, definitely taking notes on this one about well, getting ready for that. That's yeah,
2: hard. It is, and and you know, I, we don't record this podcast specifically for parents, but it always hits you where you are, no matter what you know if you're if you're listening to this and you're this you're working with a teenager that's not necessarily your your kid um this will probably hit you a different way um but uh, you know my especially my oldest is uh, starting to face these things and disappointments and so talking through this stuff with with phrase was you know <laughs> hit a little closer to home than i thought mm-hmm. would and i think the big thing for me that uh he started with and he just kind of used this, this really powerful metaphor about parents kind of plowing the fields ahead of their kids. They basically clearing the path for them, you know, which I hadn't considered that because that seems like, well, why wouldn't you do that? You know, why, why wouldn't you um, try to make things, I don't want to say easy for your kids, but you know, maybe better than you had it. Um, You know, the, the, the things I've always been told to look out for is trying to rescue your kids after they fail, but not necessarily make it all easy for them mm-hmm. ahead of time. Uh, and just kind of reflecting on that, um, on that, I'm, I'm, I can see so many ways where I'm just, I, I just try to make things as easy as possible or give them as many opportunities as possible. Um, I never thought about kind of keeping an eye on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. And he said, I think, right after that, that success comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about that. But you're right. In adulthood, when you succeed, it means so much more, too, when you can look back and be like, man, I worked for that. Mm -hmm. And are we doing our teenagers a disservice if we don't make them work for it?
0: Right, right.
1: If if they're handed everything. Um, And so I think the difference for me comes up of the difference between equipping them Mm -hmm. and then the difference between doing it for them. We just really need to, not that you take a hands-off approach of parenting and be like, sorry, you're on your own. Go Mm -hmm. for it but how can we equip them and help them have the skills to be able to do it themselves Right. where they can plow their own
2: fields in but, front of them? <laughs> I don't know. That sounded weird. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure how you would even put that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, that, that skill equipping and, you know, phrase talks about, um, you know, seeing a lot of this happening uh, as kids going to college as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, you know, even, you know, as young adults, so many young adults have just don't have the skills to deal with life. Right. Um, and and you know, the older that you get you realize, you know, those things just don't change. Those challenges don't change. You gotta you know, we there's this big joke about adulting being so difficult, you know, and but that's sometimes a reflection of I just don't really you know, I don't have all the things I need to, to make this happen, you know, and you know, keeping a bank account and um you know facing the challenges a, a mean boss or a professor that doesn't like you or doesn't care. You know I mean? All those things that, um, you know, if we were to help our students deal with those things ahead of time and know, Hey, you know what? You're, you're probably going to have a teacher you're not going to agree with.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there's going to be a subject in school that you're not going to be good at. Um, and that's okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to come in and rescue you. Um, we're not going to, um, Take your side (laughs) when the teacher says, You didn't make a good grade. Mm -hmm. We're not going after the teacher. We're going after you. (laughs) Yeah. You know. You uh, earned that. Yeah, you earned that, exactly. You know, and what what was it the phrase said that was kind of uh uh kind of getting what you deserve a little bit? Right. You know.
1: Of I think he said, um, I wrote it down because I thought, Wow, that hurts. (laughs) Like as someone that's not even a parent yet, that hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, just because your kid is uncomfortable being challenged or not having the success you think they should, doesn't mean they aren't getting what they deserve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And kind of just that taking a step back and going, I personally think my child should be the all-star of that team or mm-hmm. they should get straight A's. or But if they're not, maybe there's a reason why and as parents taking a step back and kind of really evaluating your child and not... Being too hard on them because I think it's fair to say, I want good things for my child and I want them to be happy and to be successful and all of those things. But there might be a reason that we're not seeing, and there might be a reason that they deserve that, whether it's their attitude or their work ethic or I don't know, Mm -hmm. something.
2: Well, I think uh, so much of this tends to be reflective of being present focused and future focused. Those Mm -hmm. are, those are, those can be competing values because, you know, the, the present pain, um, as a parent, there are times where I'm like, I just don't want to go through that. I think, I think I talked about this a little bit in the interview of like, you know, of, if like my three-year-old is acting like an idiot and I have to punish him or send him to his room, he will go nuts Mm -hmm. and scream. And like, like it it kind of ruins things for a while. And there's times I'm like, do I really want to go through this? Mm. Um, and, and deal with what, the nat- the natural consequences on both sides are he's not going to get what he wants and he's going to get upset and it's going to disrupt our house for a while. Um, but being able to step back and say, "Okay, um, this is a lesson he needs mm-hmm. um, to hopefully not do this in the future and to be a better citizen of the world or whatever." But um, you know, with our with our our students, I think it's I think that's a good first step because. If you're listening to this and you're like, "Man, I got some work to do on this," um, is the answer just to go and start making things difficult? (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna do the opposite. We're gonna
1: throw things at our children as they try to go through life.
2: That's right. That's right. Take away all the opportunities to say you're on your own, or maybe it's thinking about uh, situationally what's the best thing I can do for my my child's future. Mm -hmm. You know, what 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 do they need to get out of this? Right. That would help them be. better functioning adult, um, that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I think even having good conversation around it, um, getting the whole story, maybe even before you step in to help, mm-hmm. because I can think of a few times in high school where um, I don't necessarily think my parents were rescuing me, but where I needed to be stood up for because of an injustice of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but as parents, don't just jump in before getting the whole story. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's sitting your child down if they come home with a horrible grade and say, okay, let's talk about this honestly. Mm -hmm. Did you study? Did you study the right stuff? Like, I mean, asking Mm -hmm. hard questions to where they, you might find out, you know what? I didn't put the effort in that I needed to, and I deserve this grade. Okay. I'm not going to go after the teacher, Mm -hmm. Um, but, or an athletic coach, or they're not treating you unfairly because you're acting in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so talking through your student and even I think there's so much benefit in them seeing that, Mm -hmm. of them working through, okay, you're right, I'm not the victim either, Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: because when we treat our kids that way, I think we're telling them, you're the victim, and you're always right, and Mm -hmm. people are always out to get you, and that's not healthy either.
2: Well, and two, we've talked about several times on this podcast, developmentally, um, adolescents aren't always putting all the pieces together, Mm. you know, they are not connecting the consequences of not studying with the bad grade. They might know it intellectually, but you know when when the F comes <laughs> on their desk, um, they might not have. Their first reaction isn't like, "Oh, let's um, let's be intellectually honest about what I did here." They might need someone to help them process that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I say that as someone who needs help processing when I screw up, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as a 38 year old, um, it's it's probably a good thing, like you said. You know, did you study? You know, how much time did you put into this? Um, did you know ahead of time that you're probably going to struggle with this? Um, and maybe, you know, maybe we could have asked for, for some extra help. Whatever that is. Um, but, you know, kind of checking off those boxes, making sure they know, you know, they're maybe I didn't. And then, now well, let's try a little bit better. And then if it's a consistent problem where, you know, next time around they did study and they did all these things and they still, mm-hmm. you know, then maybe – it's time to talk to the teacher, see what we can do to help, that kind right. of stuff.
1: Well, in the context of this week in our group, um, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but we talk about these ups and downs, these highs and lows in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, without fail, every single time we do that activity, students have several lows, mm-hmm. they have several disappointments because that's life. Mm-hmm they're not going to all have tens across the board of my life is perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love pointing out to students, it always comes back up. Mm -hmm. Even if they're low now, when you can look back on your past and say, when I had a really big disappointment, but then this happened Mm -hmm. and it came back. And how did you overcome that disappointment to make it something positive? Mm -hmm. And so I I just think there's so much value. And I love what um, David Fraze was saying of, teaching your kids and equipping your kids that disappointment isn't necessarily a bad thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hurt isn't necessarily a bad thing. You can use that, and it's going to help you in the future as well.
2: Well, and, and our, our, our lesson on this week is cool because we uh, it's, it's very visual. We do a mm-hmm. timeline where they um, mark these major turning points, and we kind of frame it as um, tell us about a time where something happened where kind of nothing was ever the same after that. I and mean, it didn't have to be a bad thing. Sometimes it's a good thing. So like, for instance, whenever I got married, nothing was ever the same in my life, mm-hmm. but it was a really great thing. But there's other times where things happen either by my choice or happened to me that um, it changed everything. Right. Um, but what's really cool is to walk through and visualize with the students and, and they, they, they share some low points that are just gut wrenching. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I've done this a long time and uh, I'm never prepared for some of the stuff that the students write down or talk about. Um but we note that after the low point, what happens? They bounce back mm-hmm. um and I think that 's why this conversation with phrase was so valuable because um sometimes besides our best efforts to help them get through our students have um have resources and tools and traits that help them get through the rough times. Like they have strengths, right? they've got some, they've got some good things they bring to the table. Um, and they have a way of surviving <laughs> some of this stuff and becoming better after that. And I think as we talk to students, not only helping them, um, deal with the consequences or deal with the disappointments, but understand what do they have that help that will help them get through this. So maybe they are incredibly smart, or com- incredibly gifted, um, incredibly loyal whatever this trait is and um, that they that they can lean into that they they don't have to work at it it's just who they are mm-hmm. um and we'll talk about that some next week on the podcast about you know what strengths we bring to the table and how we draw those out um, but it's a great precursor to that conversation
1: This is Carly Duke and I am sitting here with Julie who also happens to be my mother-in-law and she's one of our facilitators here um, in the Fort Worth area and so um, Julie why don't you just kick it off and tell us a little bit about your group um, and the students that you get to work with on a weekly basis.
4: Yeah so I am in middle school um, so that's sixth and seventh and eighth graders and I have always had all girls groups. Um, it, I've started last fall, so I guess I've done three different groups and, um, it's been just a really, really great experience. Great. So why
1: don't you tell us a little bit about what you see the teens and the girls in your group struggle with and kind of what they talk about?
4: Okay. So I've seen and heard consistently from the girls that are in my group that, um, most of their struggles come from not having a father present in their life. Mm-hmm. They either don't know their father at all or they do know him but he's not present um, or they have um, maybe a boyfriend of their mother that's living in the home with them um, but typically isn't super involved in their lives. So this is, been, is very difficult for all of them. Um, One benefit of having all girls is that they are willing to talk about it, especially when they figure out that other girls in the group are struggling with um, similar um, struggles. And so a lot of their um, things that they're going through in that middle school age is difficult for them because they don't have Mm -hmm. the consistency of a father in their life.
1: And then finally, what is one thing that you hope... Um, the teens and these girls leave your eight week support group with?
4: So one thing that I've um, been doing with my girls groups um, three times now is on the last day, we kind of have a debriefing day where we talk about things that they remember from the group, um, things that really stuck out to them and kind of what their takeaway was. And consistently they have um, decided um, that having Um, somebody, at least one person in their life that they feel like they can count on um, is really helpful to them and maybe something that they hadn't thought about before. Mm -hmm. So even though they may not have a father figure in their life, um, it could be their mother or it could be a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle it could be a teacher or a counselor at school but they realize that there are people that do love them and who do see them and hear them and want the best for them and so um, they they're thankful to know that there are people in their life that can help them through some of the things that they're going through
1: The Stay Calm, Don't Panic podcast is produced by Teen Life. Your hosts are Chris Roby and Carly Duke. If you want to check out today's notes, resources, and music, please visit our website at don'tpanicpodcast.org. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Don't Panic Talk. Now here's a word from our sponsor, Levitt Christian University.
3: This is the university for us, the thoughtfully engaged, for those who pursue wisdom so that they can better serve the community, for the minds that strive to make a difference. This has always been the university for those who seek a truly transformative education. This is the university for you, Lubbock Christian University.